in order to be a, a better father, I should have two beers before I pick up my child from school. Three. Three. Well, especially especially in... Uh, or a in, couple double scotches. In Korea. <laughs> I took parenting classes from, from a former client right. who was an alcoholic. <laughs> right. Uh, it's only drunk driving if you get caught. <laughs> in Wisconsin, right. you can drink... You can, Drive drunk like all the time, and you won't actually. You get a snap, slap, snap on the wrist. Snap. You just get an oh snap on the wrist, which is highly dangerous and not right at all. But that's the way Wisconsin is. So thank you, Wisconsin. Right. Thank you for your drunk driving laws that endanger everybody. All right. Hello, my fellow Bizbodonites. I don't like that. Um, Bizbodians. Bizbodians. Okay. Hello, my fellow Bizbodians. Welcome to Bizbody. I guess we have the podcast instead of the podcast. <laughs> I like a, it. A, I like it. We are officially renaming the podcast the, the podcast. The podcast for health and wellness practitioners about running a sustainable and successful business that helps people. I'm your host, Keith Shimon, and with me, as always, is Brandon Miller. I'm here. Hey, he's right here. Before we get started, make sure that you go over to bizbody.net and sign up for the newsletter and go over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. It helps people find the podcast, and it means so much to us. It does. And lastly, if you are or know a well-respected professional in this field that you would like us to interview, let us know, please. Leave a comment um, right on the Facebook page or email us. Um, we can use the same email for the newsletter. So get a hold of us and uh, and we'll take it from there. Awesome. I don't know why you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you want to get a hold of us? I don't know. It just it boggles the mind, doesn't People have it? got to know other good practitioners around. And, and that aren't scared of them. Right. It's kind of the, the whole story of what we're going to be talking about today. A little bit. Knowing about other practitioners that do things that you don't do. Right. You can only do so much. So today we're talking about the master of your trade. And in, in, when we were talking before we started recording, Brandon brought up a really interesting point. Well, I think just to give people like a background, you know, anytime we do a show, you know, Keith puts together kind of show notes and an idea of the topic that we're going to talk about. And he usually puts them on my desk or, you know, bothers me day in and day out. Have you read the show notes? Have you read the show notes? Like, no, I haven't. No, I haven't. But I'll get to them. Right. So a lot of times I don't get to talk to him prior to looking over what it is that we're going to talk about as the podcast, you know, kind of comes to fruition. So we have, you know, so many different ideas of so many different shows we want to do. And it's really trying to figure out like, okay, what's the, what's the best order? What's, you know, like, how do we want to approach this stuff? So Keith kind of takes the lead on all that stuff and, and kind of gets things organized and basically, you know, lets me come along for the ride. So <laughs> this last, this, this last week, you know, I think he probably asked me 15 times, like if I had read these, uh, these show notes before. Yeah. 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 I just kind of skimmed over and whatever. So we actually just had probably a 10 minute conversation prior to this, uh, podcast about, you know, what I felt was the topic that he was looking for, which I think was, you know, if I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but a little bit, different than your thought on like how this 
podcast might lay out. Well, I think like overall, you know, this was a part of the last podcast we just did with um, t- turning technician to business owner. This was, I, I think, like number four or even maybe number three on the list, which was like, know what you do and you don't do and how to fill the gaps of what you don't do. And when we started talking about mastering your trade, I mean, even before we talked about this podcast, this goes hand in hand with what we just experienced about putting together a piece of collateral for our business, you know, and, and what you've been experiencing trying to put together that collateral and how frustrating it can be, especially when you're not normally uh, like doing marketing. It's, it's like your marketing has been uh, talking to people and getting the word out face to face. It's hard to put that stuff into words. It's actually a talent. That's why most people hire out for that stuff. But it can also be severely frustrating when you feel handcuffed by not wanting to spend the extra capital at that time to do so. You know, it's it's kind of a, a hand in hand thing. So when we, when we talked about mastering your trade, it was it was funny how just literally moments before we we're talking about it, we we're experiencing this this very thing. Right, and I think you know you can take you know master master of your trade a couple different ways, like what trade do you do? Like, are you a massage therapist? Are you a personal trainer? Are you a chiropractor? You know, most people I think, you know, would generally read a topic like that and be like, oh yeah, mastering the technique of massage or this massage or, um, personal training, mastering exercise. Right. But the problem is when you're a business owner, you don't just get to be a technician anymore. And, you know, we've talked about this a couple different times with, on a couple different podcasts that, you know, people get into owning a business, you know, to be able to do what they love and what they enjoy doing on their own terms. Mm-hmm. But the but the problem is then comes a lot of extra responsibility, you know, from the standpoint of now you start wearing many hats, not just the technician hat or not just what you do, you know, on a daily basis. Now you're in charge of you know your finances. You're in charge of marketing yourself. You're in charge of your sales. You're in tr- you're in charge of, you know, whether you have an, a website or an email series. So IT, you know, bookkeeping, accounting, customer service, um, all your standard operating procedures that you know happen on a day to day basis. Whether or not you're by yourself or you have a team of people, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's you know as we've evolved as a company, you know, you go into it and we started off doing everything, even though, you know, outside of being a technician, we were kind of crappy at all those different things that I just listed off. And over the years, we've become better. But are there people out there that are way better than us? For sure. And I think, um, you know, the thing that uh, you have to determine as a business owner is where is your time best spent? And what are some of the things that you may or may not be able to initially offload that, you know, you're buying back time, right? You only have so many hours in a day. Um, Where are places in my business that I can buy back time, whether that be hiring a bookkeeper, hiring, you know, an accountant to make sure you're financially stable. Uh, Maybe you hire somebody to do your website for you. Maybe you hire an outside salesperson or a marketing person. All those things you have to determine based on, you know, what you feel you can get the best return on investment. And for us, you know, as we've continued to evolve as business owners, we've relinquished 
more and more things over the years where, you know, now we do outsource some of those things to allow us to buy back time for us to be able to continue to grow our business. Yeah. Um, would it be nice eventually to be able to outsource all that stuff? For sure. But, you know, where we're at right now, we're not currently in a position to be able to pay five or six different people to do these things for us when, you know, it's going to cost us more in the long run until we really start to get so busy that, you know, we either have to hire on new staff in order to take some of some more of our workload off of us. But I think that's an individual choice, but you got to understand that that's all there, right? And, you know, you don't necessarily have to be a master at all those things, but you kind of have to be somewhat decent at all of them. Because any one of those things that we listed, whether it be finance, marketing, sales, IT, bookkeeping, accounting, customer service, you start to slack in any of those areas, you start to lose business, you know, and ultimately it does come back to, to bite you in the butt. So, you know, like for us, it it's always been a learning curve. And that's why they say, you know, the first, uh, first half of your business life is, you know, spent grinding and grinding and grinding where, where hopefully the second half of your business life, you're actually able to kind of sit back and, you know, enjoy the fruits of your labor. But in all honesty, you know, like being a business owner isn't a nine to five job. And, you know, oh, I can God. tell you from experience that, you know, after doing this for the last, you know, seven plus years, you know, even if you, even if you do come in and leave at five at nine and leave at five, <laughs> you're still thinking about stuff when you're at home, yeah. you know, it still protrudes into other parts of your life. So, or, or you found a way to distance yourself from it, you know, and, and you've built yourself, your vision around that as well. But like, if you're anything like us, especially as, you know, compulsive as I know I am, I, I, I think about stuff all the time, how it can Im improve, but not only that, how, what I'm doing either matters or doesn't matter at one particular point in time so that I don't flood myself with all these different tasks and become inundated with tasks that that in the long term don't really matter much. And they're just, just busy work. You want to have stuff that's effective. And I think like one of the things that three things that you brought up that are very important is like, number one, awareness, right? Like before we started writing out these different pieces of our business, which is like finance, marketing, sales, um, the technical aspects of like, what are we studying for the human body? And what are we what are we going to focus in on? And who are we going to focus in on so that we're more successful? Um, how are we updating our websites, our social media, um, doing the IT side to make sure that we can print stuff out, that we actually have computers that works, that work? Um, are we going to be doing servers? Are we just doing in individual Google Drive? Like, what are we doing? And then from there, bookkeeping and accounting and customer service. You know, before we started any of these things, one of we had to become aware of it, right? And one of the things that helped me out a lot is I do a lot of journaling on the books that I read. So all of a sudden I'm like, wow, or the podcast that I listen to, it's all of a sudden I had something that I, I was aware of. And now it's like, let me tackle like one subject at a time, right? So customer service, customer experience, all of a sudden I, I started realizing, you know, when I went um, shopping at a store, what did the feel, what did it feel like when I went shopping at the store? Um, what did it smell like? What were the colors? Um, 
Was it bright? Was it dark? What was the lighting even like, like the types of lights? Uh, and then was I greeted when I got into the store? Did they say goodbye? Like, was it the same greeting over and over? Just becoming aware of those steps was, was huge. And, and, and to me, you're so used to doing just your job with working with people when you're working for somebody else, right? And, and, and that's been your focus. You do continuing education in it. Now, all of a sudden, the continuing education completely flipped into not really business, but relationships, like building solid relationships and understanding people better and decision-making processes better and accounting processes better so that each one of those steps along the way like you have a little window that you can get at least a little bit better. Cause I don't think, you know, like you said, that you can, you may be able to master those things, but if you're going to master those things, you're completely changing the reason why you are going out on your own to begin with. Most of the time, some people just want to be business owners and that's okay. But most of the people still want to work with people like one-on-one or small groups or have a thriving practice And in knowing that direction and making sure that you're still aware of the things that you need to improve on, at least know the nuts and bolts of the system. So if somebody does come in, you at least have a direction of what you're thinking that, that, that you want or what it should look like. So when they take over, at least you still have a handle on that stuff. Because, I mean, just like a local business here that we talked to, they had a manager that all of a sudden ran with things. She had no idea about the direction of that. And all of a sudden when he left, so did a lot of her business. You know, and it was it was it was a really kind of sad approach because you're like, you don't want that to happen to people. But at the same time, when you're overwhelmed, you can totally see why it happens. Right. And I think, you know, the one thing that probably um, helped us more than, you know, some people and, you know, I look back at it now where, man, we were probably pretty fortunate is the fact that, you know, we both came from a place where. You know, originally, you know, I was an independent contractor, but at the same time, like, you know, you were kind of building your own business at the same time. Like, even though you're an employee, you were still kind of charged with getting your own clients, you know, making sure that um, you kept track of sessions, you know, all those things. Now, there were some conveniences built in there, right? Being an employee mm-hmm. versus being a general contractor, Which but you're at not the same even time, aware of it at most you're of not the time. really aware of it because you don't see everything, right? Yeah. But where I feel like it really helped us more, more than it, you know, a lot of people that we've come across is the fact that we already knew how to go out and sell. Mm-hmm. We already knew how to talk to people. You know how to coach. Um, we knew how to coach, but we also, you know, like the technical aspect was never the issue. It was, you know. I know how to do the major things. How do I how do I go out and get people, right? Like that's you know, number one important. Like if you're trading time for money, how do I get people through the door? Right. Mm-hmm. I gotta get them into the door so that at the very least I have money coming in. Then you start to learn about the financial stuff and like what money is going out mm-hmm. and what am I gonna be responsible for from a tax perspective, from you know, like my overhead. Um those were all new things for us, but at the same time, we had, a, I think, a little bit more of a leg up than if you come from a big corporate setting or a box gym where, you know, like you can kind of sit back and people feed you clients. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you go out and strike out on your own, like there's nobody there to hold your hand anymore. Like mm-hmm. you, you got to get outside that comfort zone if you're not really, you know, the most 
I guess, uh, outgoing type of person, right? So if you're not somebody that's willing to go out and shake hands and meet people and call people on the phone, like you better be good at this whole marketing thing where maybe your message is so good on paper that you do get people, right? Mm -hmm. So I think there's a trade-off there. And I think that, you know, what's helped us over, you know, in the past is the fact that we've always been comfortable talking to people, right? And we found that that that's been something that's really helped us in the past. And as we've gotten busier and busier, it's gotten harder and harder to make time to go out and continue to talk to people. And I think that's where my frustration now comes where if I do have a little time, like how can I put marketing material together for our business that when I'm busy seeing clients and when you're busy seeing clients, we still have material out there working for us, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of that same adage of, you know, trading time for money versus having a gym where you have a membership basis. Well, you want right? assets. You, you, want, want, you want assets working for you from like people people hearing your voice all the way down to people reading your mission or your vision on paper. You know, it, it's all these different ways to, to make people aware and that whole awareness thing just keeps coming back over and over and over again. And, and uh, another point that you made was like, it's one of the first times that we've had a part-time employee and we've had, um, we've had other people in the past that have worked alongside with, with us or were interns and whatnot. But now we finally have a, a part-time employee and it's almost as if we've only added when we like no longer could tolerate the workload that we were doing. Like it just was unbearable to continue the way that we've been doing. I don't know if that's healthy or if it's, <laughs> but it seems, it seems to be a rule of thumb where it's just kind of like, Hey man, something's got to change. And then, but you also have this introspection where it's kind of like, well, am I kind of being a wuss about it? Or am I really overloaded and stressed to this point right. where it's like, I can't do it anymore because it's like, I, I haven't stepped back and looked at all the things that I've done. So, Again, writing the things down that you do and knowing how you do it becomes such a big deal. That journaling process in itself, knowing how things are getting done, whether you're just working by yourself or you got a team of people, it's like that becomes a very big deal because how are you supposed to explain it to somebody if you don't really even understand all the things that you're that you're doing? And I, I think one of the big pieces of advice that I got and, you know, thinking back of this, like... You know, this happened years ago, even before we started our business is, you know, like I, uh, I was talking with uh, a colleague that, you know, I uh, highly respect, very well respected in the fitness industry. And, uh, you know, I was, we were sitting there having a conversation and I was picking his brain and I'm like, you know, what are, what are some of the things that uh, you're doing right now? You're reading, you know, that really you know, is keeping you dialed in to what it is that you're doing, you know, and I was talking more in the aspect of a technician, right? Like, um, this guy trains a lot of professional athletes. He runs a big combine training prep every year, you know, and me, you know, wanting to kind of, you know, see what, what he's reading, what he's learning. You know, the funny thing that he's, he said to me, he's like, Brandon, he goes, you know, I've been doing this for 20 plus years now. And he goes, I can't tell you the last time I picked up a book or read something specifically that pertained to training or performance. He's like, everything I read today is, is things that I'm not good at, which are like business related, leadership related, marketing related, all the things that I know I'm not good at that I need to get better in order for me to become an even better business owner. He's like, 
not that that's not an important thing to do from time to time, you know, to keep abreast of things, but he goes, you know, I've been doing this long enough to where I know how to work with a person. I know how to develop an athlete over a period of time. He goes, I don't know how to build my business well enough to continue to expand and grow to where I want my business to go. So he goes, I spend the majority of the time that I get learning how to be a better business owner. And I was like, that really blew me away because I was like, wow, like this guy is somebody that I look up to that seems to have his, you know, shit together, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's got a big name. It's got guys coming in the door all the time. And like he's telling me, man, I don't even think about that stuff anymore. I think about like the business aspect of things. And so I think that really changed, you know, you know, my perspective on a lot of things where, you know, we still spend a lot of time and a lot of money being really good technicians, right? Like we go to Denver all the time. Like we're spending a lot of time being really good practitioners, but at the same time, more more than quarterly, most of the time. Right. But at the same time, like I definitely spend a lot more time, even if you build that time in, I spend a lot more time learning about our business and learning about different things that I can do better as a person to help our business than I do as a technician. And, you know, when you think about all that time that you're putting in, it's kind of staggering actually, you know, Um, completely. It takes, it takes up. Well, I mean, one of the things that, you know, a lot of my clients ask me about, because we talk a lot about these things, like whether or not it's um, a cognitive science book or like a, a neural research book, or if it's about um, a marketing book or anything about human behavior. And, and it's, it's interesting, interesting how that relates towards, you know, how I try to provide a specific experience and how I try to coach people so that they understand how I'm communicating to them. Um, how they're like, how do you fit all this reading in, in, in a day? And I'm like, well, there's all these pockets of time that we choose to do different things with. And, and it's not like I don't enjoy watching a show and not like I don't enjoy being with my children and playing with them or talking to my wife. It's like, I'm driving to work. And it takes me about 20 minutes and I drive slow sometimes, of course, as you know, because I suck at driving sometimes in the winter. So it sometimes takes me a little bit longer so I can put on podcasts about the business um, aspect of things or um, about the cognitive science parts of things or an audio book from Audible or your favorite place where you get um, audio books. I also look... Um, sometimes at YouTube as a resource as well. If I like video, if I'm a video person and, and I have to have a visual thing going on to learn, because um, some people they fall asleep reading books, and that and like I I tend to actually absorb better when I read. I if I want to be aware of something faster than I do audio. I can't really sit down and watch a video unless I'm being entertained. Like right. I have to be entertained at the video or otherwise I'm, I'm out. And I don't really learn much because I start thinking about other things while I'm watching the, the, the video. So like know how you learn. And then there's a whole ton of free resources out there, a.k.a. our podcast. Right. <laughs> like us. Share it. <laughs> share it. Share it. Talk about us, please. Um, write a write a five star review right. for us on iTunes, right? Um, shameless plug, shameless plug. And, and, but I mean, you have to find your gaps in your schedule. You have to know, um, you have to know your structure so you have uh, have time in your like structure. Sometimes it's funny when you have a rigid structure with your schedule. How all of a sudden you realize how much time you have. 
which is a really weird phenomenon. Yeah, and I think, you know, what's helped me the past couple of years is, you know, we've been uh, really bad in the past about um, scheduling out, like, our our time, like workouts and or treatments with one another. And until we got on a set schedule where we're like, you know what, this is our schedule. We're not breaking it for anybody. And it's staying rigid. Have, number one, like I felt better physically. Um, I don't feel like I run into as many, um, I guess, downtimes where like I just feel overwhelmed Mm -hmm. as I used to. Um, But that's something that we had to learn like to schedule in our actual like scheduling software, like it's in our scheduling software now where it's blocked out. And if I do have holes in my schedule from, from time to time, like if I've got an hour, I block it out and actually put down what it is that I'm going to work on for that hour. So that now when that, when that comes and I see that on my calendar and it pops up on my phone, I know exactly, oh, okay, like I don't have a client this hour, but this is what I'm working on. And that's really helped me over the last couple of years, like really be a little more structured in like, you know, what I'm doing, but not wasting that time that, you know, you're like, oh, my client didn't show up. So I've got a free hour to kind of screw off. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's easy to get into that because especially if you're, you know, working 50 plus hours, 60 hours a week, you know, you know you just it, want to break. Sometimes you just don't want to do anything. You just want to veg out for an hour, yeah. you know, and that's, you can do that, but it's not overly productive. So, you know, like I just think that, you know, over the last couple of years, like I've gotten better at doing some of the little things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as far as the things that we're talking about, you know, my recommendation is twofold. Number one, like make your list, right? Like, our list is, you know, based on what we feel is important are the things that we went over. Your finances, marketing, sales, the technical aspect, IT, bookkeeping, accounting, customer service. List the things that you think are important. Those that's our list. You could have more, right? Yeah. But then go through and list on next to those different categories how good you are. Like are you really proficient at it? Are you fairly proficient? Are you really bad at it? And score them all because now it gives you a better sense of what do you really, what are you actually good at outside of the technical aspect of your day-to-day job and what are the things that you're really bad at? And if you're really bad at accounting, how much time do you want to spend learning accounting or is it in the long run more economical for you to pay an accountant to keep your books straight? Um, I think that that's a great exercise because it can be very overwhelming if you try to do all these things on your own. You know, it's the whole adage like, you know, if, uh, if you're doing a bunch of different things, you're not going to be able to do anything well. Right. So it's, you want to make sure that like at the very least, you're at least adequate at these things. And if you're not, you should seriously contemplate paying somebody to do them for you, right? Mm-hmm. If you can afford it. Yeah. Um, if you can't, your goal should be to get to the point where you can afford it to have somebody help you out. Um, or maybe you don't want it that bad to begin right. with. Right. And the other suggestion would be like be born into a family that has a professional in each one of these categories and you don't have to worry about it, right? Because <laughs> family, family will help you out. <laughs> pick your parents and wisely. They might do it for free for you. But <laughs> if you're not one of those fortunate people that has one of these professionals in their family tree, then I guess you're just going to have to figure it out. Um, I mean, each one of these segments 
we're definitely going to be talking about with giving it justice, like doing its own, giving it its, its own show, like especially when we're talking about different types of marketing, different types of sales, um, how we're forming our technology um, hub for our needs and how we came up with those needs. You know, an, another thing as well um, is the idea of knowing what you do better on the technical side as well can help you fill the gaps in with the stuff that you don't do with people that might actually assist you in providing a better service for your current clients. And that in itself is another show that we're going to get into down the road, which is networking with other professionals. But if you don't know what you don't do and you don't have a good relationship with your current clients to find other good practitioners, that really becomes an arduous process. Right. And I think, you know, being in the field that we're in, we're very fortunate to be working with normally, you know, a clientele that is very successful Um, and being able to pick their brains and, you know, whether they, whether they look at themselves as being mentors to us. I think a lot of times, like a lot, you know, I have a handful of clients that I, I look at as mentors, but they probably don't look at us as mentees, Mm -hmm. right? But every chance I get, I'm picking their brain on different things. Yeah. (laughs) I'm picking their brains on like different things that, you know, I know will help us as, as a business grow. And it's just an everyday thing for them, you know? And it's like, you know, they, if you can surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, people that are more successful than you, then I think it gives you that leg up, you know, to be able to take that next step. You know, if you're always surrounding yourself with people that are at your level or below, I don't think there's enough drive there to actually do things and push things to the limit. You know, it's like, I don't want to be like everybody else. Like I want to be like some of my clients that own these huge businesses that, you know, are able to affect thousands upon thousands of lives. Like, I, I love the fact that we're able to do what we do and affect the people that we do, but I want to do it on a bigger scale. Like yeah. I, I feel like what we do and what we have to offer is so awesome that everybody should experience it. Well, how do I do that? How do we do that? Like how do we get our message out so that people, you know, get to experience that? Because right now there's such a small group of people that have gotten to experience it that it's like I almost feel like, you know, it's not fair, right? It's like in our even our clients are just like, man, you know, everybody should experience that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Everybody should. But how do we, how do we figure that out? Right. You know, you made a really good point too, is the idea that like mentors period are an excellent, excellent source to figure out more of these different pieces of the puzzle, what you're going to master or who you'd like to become. Because, you know, I'm like, I don't really have the same point of view of, of, and, and I don't know if it's just the way that, that you put it before of like advancing to a level or, or feeling like you're down to a level. Like, I feel like just how do you want it to be? Like, how do you want to live your life and what can you envision life being like as, as either a leader in, in something that, um, that you believe in or, um, something you weren't aware of before as far as how they're living their life. And we're like, Oh man, that's kind of cool. You're able to do that kind of stuff. But at the same time, provide all this assistance to all these people just because you put together these kind of systems that actually matter to people's lives and they see how much it matters to them, right? Because obviously the, the, the type of income that you're generating 
I mean, let's let's face it. You don't make a, usually a sustainable living by just duping people out of money, right? Mm-hmm. You do, that's not you usually go to jail for it, right? They're called Ponzi schemes, right? So if you're doing stuff that people are paying for over and over and over again, and they're glad to pay for it, like how are they doing that? That's a really awesome question. And there's tons of people out there probably that you know right now that would be happy to share that with you. Right. And I think, you know, I think, um, you know, we've talked about this in the past and, you know, when um, you put stuff together and, you know, the the industry we're in sometimes like the idea is like, ooh, I got the next best thing. I'm going to keep this like for me and my clients. Whereas, you know, the idea should be an abundance mentality where it's like, oh, here, let everybody see it. Let it share it with everybody because quite honestly, half the people that look at it are going to be too dumb to know what to do with it anyway, (laughs) that it doesn't really matter. Right. It's like, but the people, the the people, right. Or, but the people that actually do appreciate it can actually benefit from it and and connect with you, connect with you and or use it to help other people. So in, you know, in an indirect way, you still have a hand in helping those people. Right. And it's like, there's enough people, there's enough out there for everybody. There was a point in time where I felt as though, you know, we came back from, from like wherever we were, you were in, in what Phoenix, right? You're in Arizona. Right. And I was in Florida and we're both doing strength and conditioning. And, and you're working with athletes and you feel like what you're doing is just unbelievable. It's great stuff. People are getting stronger and faster. And then all of a sudden you're working with real people that don't heal as much. And you realize how much you, there's a disconnect and how much you don't know. And and it takes, it takes a lot to take a step back and wonder if what you're, if you're missing something, like what, what are you, what are you missing? Right. And, that goes right back to that same idea of awareness. It's like, is, is what I'm doing really good enough? And am I going to be that person to help those people? And or am I going to be also the person that has to take care of all the administrative? If, if Are you going to do all the administrative stuff as well? Or can you even handle that? You know, and are you going to be that person and also be that same person to your clients? Because like, what if you're not, what if you're not doing the things you think you're doing for your clients? Like, what if you could be that person because you're now aware and you can make it better and then you can find those things that you don't do as well so you can find those other people? Right. No, I think that's a, a valid point, you know. So I think, you know, wrapping up everything, you know, Understanding there's many different facets um, to being a business owner, not just being a, a tech, technician or a technical um, individual. You know, you got to learn and you got to understand that there's a lot of different things to run in a business. Not that it's a good thing, bad thing, indifferent. It's just what it is, you know. And if you're not ready for the responsibilities of being a business owner and the added, you know, work that comes along with that, you know, it's not for everybody. But, you know, I can tell you that with all the growing pains that we've had and all the things that, you know, I've had to um, experience and go through, it's definitely worth it. You Mm -hmm. know, it's just it's a lot more work than you think it is. You know, everybody the grass is always greener on the other side. Right. And people always look at it as, 
well, if I own my own business, like it would be this and it would be that. And it, you know, if you're one of those fortunate, lucky people, maybe it would be. But unfortunately, for the most of us, like we have to bust our ass and, you know, really work nonstop in order to get to a certain level. And, you know, if you make it there, maybe you can coast a little bit, but maybe you can't either, you know, and it's, you never know until you get in it. And it's one of those things where I wouldn't trade it. I would never go back. There's no way I could ever imagine working for somebody else. But, you know, is it as easy and as, um, you know, as as rosy as people paint it out to be all the time? Like, oh, you're a business owner. You can do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> well, they you see, can go, they you see know? the outside, right? They right. see the outside. They're like, well, you're successful. You guys have have had a business now for seven, seven and a half years. And it's like, look at look at all the stuff that you guys have done. Look where you've come from. And 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 I was talking to um, a, a client of mine that sold a business for like two hundred and seventy million dollars, right? And and we were talking about it today, where it's like, you know, people remember the good times of the business that they built and then sold, and and they don't always want to tell you like the heart how many heart attacks they just basically had because they were stressed to the max and almost lost their business every step of the way and that's the up and downs of of business in general and when you're an employee you just don't you're just not aware of it like most of the time you can just kind of turn off the blinders because if the if the company goes out of business all of a sudden it kind of blindsides you the only difference is when you own the business you can kind of see everything coming because like right. if all of a sudden customers drop off and or you're not getting your message out or you don't have more more revenue coming through the door you decide to like give a whole bunch of people discounts and like this year you can't pay your bills like you can see that stuff coming it's just now it's like it's on you to do it right and i think you know if you if you look at people that are highly highly successful and it doesn't matter what genre they're in um if you could pick their brains and ask them, you know, how it was, how they became multimillionaires or how they became uber successful. You know, most of those people, you know, would tell you, you know, don't ask me about what I'm doing now and how I made my money now or how I successful I am now. Ask me how many times I failed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that the people that we look up to a lot that we or we presume are highly successful have more than likely failed well, they're lost a handful lost of times yeah. like in order to get it right to be where they are today. Yeah. Most people aren't fortunate enough to get it right the first time, right? And yeah. I think that all goes back to the you only know what you know, right? Yeah. And you don't know what you, what you don't know until you're in there. You don't, you don't know what you don't know when you don't know what you don't know right. when you don't know it. And, you know... The more you fail, the more like the successful people learn from those mistakes and don't make them again. And that's why they become successful in the long run. It's the people that continue to make make you know bad decisions and fail that don't learn for the learn from those failures that never really amount to anything or never get to the point where they want to be professionally. And I think that you know we're. I would like to think that I'm humble. Yeah. I'd like to think that I'm humble enough to know and to constantly, you know, want to learn more because I don't have it all figured out. Like, we don't have it figured out. Mm -hmm. This whole podcast isn't about, oh, we've got this thing all figured out and you should follow everything we say because we're uber successful and we know what we're doing. Hell no. Like, 
we're we're trying to do this podcast so that you can the listeners here can learn from some of the mistakes we've made and maybe not make those same mistakes as we've had to push through certain things and you know a couple different times have come really close to being like holy shit I don't know if this is going to happen for us or not yeah. you know so if we can give people little insights and tidbits on things that have stumped us in the past and have like really made it difficult for us you know, and you can learn from that and avoid some of the pitfalls we've had, then awesome. Like that's what this whole podcast is about. And that's why like, we're really passionate about this is, you know, like I want to, for people to be successful. I want you to be able to, you know, hopefully learn certain things that maybe you didn't know prior to going into owning a business, or maybe you own a business and there's certain things that you never thought about. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, it's all, it's, it's all a process. It's all a learning process. And I don't think it ever stops. I think that's, I think that's a great way to, to wrap it all up. It's like, it's a process that never stops getting to that point where know the aspects of your business have outlets that you can, that you can use for education, journal about those pieces and then off of that, try to be aware of other practitioners in your field that can help out with your business. Go to iTunes and leave a five-star review and a positive comment. And if you want to check out our process and our practice, go to body-activation.com. You know, we appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. And we also we also appreciate you guys growing with us because we have uh, we have a lot of growth that we feel that that we haven't uh, we haven't experienced yet, but uh, along the way. Hopefully you get a chance to uh, to hear it. Thank you.